Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. All right. Matthew's going to lead us in our tithes and offering. Good morning. How is everyone? Goodness gracious, I felt like I was going to fall over or something during worship. I didn't know what was about to happen, but Merry Christmas, everyone. Gosh, I love how responsive everybody is. This is fun. I like just sit up here and have a conversation. It feels kind of weird to me to be saying Merry Christmas, honestly. Like, I feel like I've had my head down all year, and now I'm like looking up, and I'm like seeing all the decorations. I'm like, I'm like, where'd all this stuff come from? Like, what is this? What are we doing? Everybody's saying Merry Christmas. I'm like, is it the end of 2021? But it is, and uh, you know, this time next week, all the presents will be unwrapped, and if your kids are anything like I was, something will already be broken, so, or taken apart, or I'm tinkering with it, you know, that's just the kind of kid that I was. Um, man, I, I love Christmas time, and my, my favorite part of Christmas time is the, it is the presents, it's the gifts, you know, and uh, recently, I've been really learning how much God loves gifts, you know, I... Uh, you can pretty much open your Bible anywhere, and it really won't take you long to read a passage about God giving something to men or men giving something to God. And these are, you know, I'm going to use that word gifts throughout the rest of this message of that, that exchange of what God gives or, or what we're giving back to him. Um, but he really loves gifts. You know, you really, like, like I challenge you, like, just crack open your Bible if you have it with you. Uh, it doesn't really work with the Bible app because you kind of have to choose where you're going. You know, it doesn't, never mind. Um, but crack open your Bible if you have it with you and see how long, you don't have to do it now, but see how long it takes you to read about God giving or, or receiving gifts uh, from men. You know, mine, I got it cracked open here to John 3, which is, uh, which is pretty sweet. Now, I'm honest with you. I didn't do this randomly. This was very, very strategic that I opened to John 3. Um, but... I don't know how many of you do have the Bible app, and I don't know how the whole verse of the day thing works. Do we all get the same one? Because mine was John 3.16. Anybody else have 3.16 today? Yeah? Okay, cool. I didn't know how that worked. So I was like, that's enough confirmation for me. I know exactly what I'm going to be, uh, what I'm going to be giving my word from this morning. So let's go there. John 3.16. Or do I want to start earlier? No, no, no. We'll start We'll start in 316. I'm going to read from the International Children's Bible because I've grown to really love this, um, just the way they translate this, and they make it really simple. Starting in verse 16, For God so loved the world so much, so much, that he gave his only Son. God gave his Son so that whoever believes in him may not be lost but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to judge the world guilty, but to save the world through him. He who believes in God's son is not judged guilty. He who does not believe has already been judged guilty because he has not believed in God's only son. People are judged by this fact. I am the light from God that has come into the world. But men did not want light. They wanted darkness because they were doing evil things. Everyone who does evil hates the light. He will not come to the light, 
because it will show all the evil things that he has done. But he who follows the true way comes to the light, and then the light will show that the things he has done were done through God. So God's, I just love this. You know, I really, I wasn't planning this. Like I told you, I've been kind of oblivious of what's going on other than what I'm doing. But I didn't realize this week was going to be love. I also didn't realize this whole theme of like gifts and everything was going to happen through worship. Um, but it, I was like, man, I almost completely didn't do this because I was like, well, they already did it for me. Um, but man, isn't, it, isn't that cool? Uh, so God gave right? Because he loves so much. We know that, right? John 3.16, we hear all the time. I like to read on after John 3.16 because I feel like the following verses to me are just as important. It's like, that's just like the preface. You got to read that whole passage because then you realize really the power of, of, of Jesus coming in this world, like what that looked like. Because um, without him coming in this world and us being able to believe in him and come to him, like Rocky said, um, you know, we're just we're just in the darkness, like all stumbling around, like walking all over each other, just just completely lost in our ways. And, and I've been there. Um, and, and so I'm much more grateful to be on on this side of the light. But, you know, how do we respond to that? Right. How do we respond to the fact that God loved us so much that he gave he gave his only son. he didn't just give anything like he gave his son. And that to me, I didn't recognize that until I became a dad. But I can promise you there's nobody in this room that will take my son from me. And like I, I will not let it happen. So the fact that God could love so much that he would give his son and not only that, but Jesus says no one takes my life from me. I laid it down. Right. The, the, just the love that came from the father and from the son was such a gift to us. It was such a gift, and we talk about it a lot in this time, but I'm just going to say it over and over again. So what is our response? Well, let's go to Romans 12, and I'm going to start in verse 1. Actually, I want to I do this from the children's Bible as well. Thanks for your patience. Switching things up on myself at the last second. All right, Romans 12, verse 1. So, brothers, since God has shown us great mercy, that is the gift of his son, that's the great mercy, I beg you to offer your lives as a living sacrifice to him. Right, that's a big idea. Offer your lives as a living sacrifice. I, I've heard it a lot since coming to the Lord. But what I love is that, is that Paul will go on, and, uh, and he actually makes it really, really practical. So let's get there. Um, your offering must be only for God and pleasing to him. This is the spiritual way for you to worship. See, we're still kind of big ideas, but he's starting to focus it in. Do not be shaped by this world. Instead, be changed within by a new way of thinking. Then you will be able to decide what God wants for you, and you will be able to know what is good and pleasing to God and what is perfect. God has given me a special gift. Obviously, this is Paul, um, but that is why I have something to say to everyone among you. Do not think that you are better than you are. You must see yourself as you really are. Decide what you are by the amount of faith God has given you. It's another gift. Each one of us has a body, and that body has many parts. These parts all have different uses in the same way we are many, but in Christ we are all one body. Each one is a part of that body, and each part belongs to all the other parts. Here we go. This is where I'm going to get into my, get into the good stuff. Ready? We all have different gifts. Each gift came because of the grace that God gave us. 
And now here are these gifts. So so what I'm seeing here as I read through this is what it looks like to be a living sacrifice for him. We've got to do it together, right? Because none of us can do it individually, right? We can individually be a living sacrifice to him, but we've each been given certain gifts that when we come together, we do it together. You have like what's happening this morning where I'm like having a hard time standing up here because I just want to like, I don't know, I just want to fall down. There's a lot of weight in this, in this room, good Lord. Anyway, we all have different gifts. Each gift came because of the grace that God gave us. If one has the gift of prophecy, he should use that gift with the faith that he has. If one has, has the gift of serving, he should serve. If one has the gift of teaching, he should teach. If one has the gift of encouraging others, he should encourage If one has the gift of giving to others, he should give freely. If one has the gift of being a leader, he should try hard when he leads. If one has the gift of showing kindness to others, that person should do so with joy. That last one I'm always really grateful for, because in the New King James Version it says, if he has the gift of mercy, and for those of you who know my wife, you know that she is just so merciful, so kind, so compassionate. Like, man, she has so much patience. And I'm like, man, I'd love to be like that. But my, my fuse is a whole lot shorter. And so when I read this verse for the first time, I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't have this gift, so I don't have to use it. Thank you. I'm glad Becky got me because that almost, that almost crashed it, bird, man. I was looking at her. I was, thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. Right. But, but that's not actually true, is it? Right. Because you go through all these, you go through all these gifts and you have the gift of serving, the gift of encouraging, the gift of prophecy, the gift of teaching, the gift of leading. Right. And there's a time and a season for everything. So there's times when, when the Lord is going to put us in a position that we're able to step in into each one of these. And what Paul is saying here is when that's your purpose, when he's positioned you there within the body, do it, and do it with diligence, right? So this is the tithe and offering message, of course, so um, anybody keeping score knows what I'm about to hit next. If one has the gift of giving to others, he should do so freely. And in the, King James, in the New King James Version, it says with liberality, and that's a hard word for me to say, that's why I didn't use that version, but, but, the, the reason I mention it is because the, the freely here isn't, isn't freely as in like you're forced to or you're free to, right? Because, of course, we know in the Bible that God loves a cheerful giver. He's not, he's not forcing us. He's not coercing us to give, right? But here what Paul is saying is if one has the gift to be able to give something to someone else, do it freely as in do it generously. Do it generously. Give all that you can give. Make the most of that opportunity, right? Jimmy will say it. You can't have, but you can't give away, right? Man, you hit me with that last week, and I knew it was from the Lord because I cannot forget it. And that was just what a word. And, and, that's, and, that, and I'm, I'm trying to kind of coattail on that, right? Like all of these things that are, that, are, that are laid out here, these different gifts of us working together as a living sacrifice back to him because of what he's done, right? If you notice, all those things are given to us, right, so that we can then walk in them or do them. So it's the same thing. We get an opportunity every single week to have the gift of giving to others. Every single week, somebody gets up here and, you know, gives you the message of tithe and offering, and they're like, okay, here we go. Get your envelopes, go to the website. But, like, what an opportunity that is. And now you have Paul in this letter, and he's saying when you have that gift, 
I see that opportunity as a gift. When you have that gift to give to others, do so freely. Do it generously with liberality. Just give all that you can give, right? And I'm going to have to stop because uh, otherwise I'm going to take, take a I'm going to start making a sermon out of this. So that's it. That's my word. Um, give, give generously. When you have the opportunity to give, give generously. Because what happens is things like what happened with Matt and Ava. When just a few, you know, when just some people come together and they go, here's what I can do. Here's what I can do. Here's what I can do. And it goes over and it goes beyond. Right? And I know exactly, me and Matt were just talking about that. I know exactly what that feels like to have something like that happen to you. So give generously when you can. Because the, the person receiving that gift, man, it... It wrecks them. It's, there's not words for it. All right. Thank you. So, Amber and uh, Stephen, all the Generation Kids, come on up. Everybody come on up. Man, I don't know about you, but I can watch the whole story of the Bible in a video like that. <laughs> what we're going to do today is we are going to do a verse that we've been working on together. And I, if you guys don't mind, I want us all to just to stand up and just interact as well. We're going we're gonna to do a practice run first. But it's Luke 2, 10 through 11. And if you guys want to go with me, we're going to do it once. One time, and then we're going to do it again, okay? So, Luke 2, 10 through 11. The angel said, it's hard to do this with a microphone in my hand. I need to do this. Okay. Improvise. All right. Luke 2. 10 through 11, the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for I am bringing you some good news. It will be a joy, and we're going to spin around for, to all the people. Today, or Savior, this is for Savior, Christ was born in David's town, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I watched the video so many times, I don't know what's going on. Okay. Okay, and then he is Christ the Lord, and we're going to come up to our knees. Christ the Lord. Okay, I hope you guys followed that. I think so. All right, here we go. Luke 2 10 through 11. The angel said to them, don't be afraid, for I am bringing some good news. 
It will be a joy to all the people today. Your Savior was born in David's town. He is Christ. I remembered other verses, but I don't know what happened with that. All right, Amber and Stephen, welcome Amber and Stephen. They're going to lead us in a little special time here. Hey guys, good morning. So we're, we're definitely on the theme of gifts. So we're, we got a nice sack of gifts, so we're going to continue that theme this morning. So guys, raise your hand if you guys like gifts. <laughs> and we're going to stick to the theme of John 3.16, so... Raise your hand if you know John 3.16. All right, go ahead. Um, God sent his only son to the world so that we would not perish but have eternal life. Not God so loved the world that he sent his only son. You got it. You got it. So that was, that was good review from earlier. So we're... Um, so re- what we're really talking about, again, is gifts. Uh, and really, that was the... the the greatest gift ever given. Um, and so that's something that Amber's going to talk about a little bit more. And really, as we really receive that gift, it's just a matter of confessing with our hearts um, and believing into the Lord and just following him each and every day. So that's something that we do with our little two little people um, and working through that in, in our special way with them at their age. But um, this is just a good reminder and something to uh, think about this holiday season for these little people. Okay, so I have in my bag 10 gifts, and I'm going to need you guys to help me. So each item represents a gift that we receive at salvation. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you open a gift, and there's going to be three things inside. One is going to be the item, and I want you to hold it up and so you can show everyone what it is. Then the second thing is going to be an index card with the scripture that will help explain it. And so I'll have you guys read that. And then the third thing in there is a lollipop for you to keep um, for another time. So you keep it and ask your mom if you can have it later. Okay. So I'm going to start with Rivers. Would you take gift number one down to Josiah? Okay, and so I made it so you don't even have to untie it. You can just pull the lid off. There you go. So pull out what's inside. (gasps) An eraser. (laughs) Okay, so the eraser is, yes, it represents how um, God erases our mistakes and forgiveness and salvation. Can you read the scripture, Josiah, that goes with it? I even, I am he who blots out our transgressions for my own sake and remembers 
your sins no more. Isaiah uh, chapter 43, verses 25. Good job reading, Josiah. Okay. Sure, you can keep it. And the lollipop, save it for later. So that helps us to remember, the eraser helps us to remember that God forgives and he removes our sins. Okay. Um, Rivers and Rosie, can you do me a favor and just stay sitting on your bottoms? On the step? That would be really helpful. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So when we choose to believe that Jesus is our Savior and we make him our Lord and we ask him to forgive our sins, he does it. He erases it. And it's like it never was there. Okay. So gift number two, I'm going to bring down to um, Kai. Okay, can you open up that paper and show it to everybody? Going straight for the lollipop. <laughs> I don't blame you. Okay, hold it up. <gasps> Life insurance signed by Yeshua. Okay, so um, there's a scripture inside. And Kai, if, do you want to read it for us or if you need help? Okay. Um, I'll read it with you. It says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. 1 John 5, 13. Awesome job. Thank you, Kai. So um, isn't that amazing that one of the gifts we get at salvation is to live in heaven with God forever? Okay. Rivers and Rosie, you can help me so much by just keeping your bottom on the steps. Okay, so number three, I'm going to pass this one to um, Caleb. <gasps> it's a picture of a mansion. Wow. Like our home in heaven. Can you read the scripture for us? Is there not a lollipop in there? I'll, I'll hook you up. It's, a, it's, it's okay, Caleb. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? John 14, too. Wow, great job reading. Okay, so Jesus is preparing a place Hi. for us to live with him in heaven. Can you imagine how wonderful it's going to be? I get really excited when I think about heaven. Okay, number four. Rosie uh, wants number four uh, because uh, she is four. Uh, so, Rose, go ahead and open number four. And hold it up. It's a book. Can you hold the cover up so everyone can see? <gasps> oh, it's the Lamb's Book of Life. Okay, and let's, Rivers, can you read that scripture for Rosie? Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Luke 10, 20. Nothing impure will, impure will ever enter it. The new Jerusalem. Nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, deceitful but only those whose names are written 
in the Lamb's Book of Life. Revelation 21, 27. Awesome reading. Okay. So do you guys know who the Lamb is? Who is the Lamb? Caleb, do you know who the Lamb is? Jesus. Okay, awesome, Rivers. That's the Lamb, and he has a book of life, and when we know him as our Savior, he writes our name in the Lamb's book of life. Okay, number five. Let's hand this down to Josiah. Hold it up so everyone can see. It's our certificate of adoption. Yes. Okay. And can you read the scripture card in there for us, Josiah? Yeah. For he chose us, he in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blame blameless in his sight in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship though through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 through 5. Great reading, Josiah. That was awesome. Yes, uh, this gift is so sweet um, to be adopted into the family of God and to be joint heirs. We're legally forever his. And we carry his name with authority. So you can be like, Dad said, because you're adopted and he's your dad. Okay, let's go to the next one, number six. You guys are doing great. Okay, Kai, can you open number six? Okay, open it up for everyone to see. Awesome. It says paid in full, so that is stamped. Our sin debt is paid. Um, I will help you read the verse again, Kai, okay? Okay, great. That's a good idea. For the wages of sin is this but the gift was God of God is eternal life and Christ Jesus our Lord Romans chapter 6 verses 23 Romans chapter six. Chapter six. Verses verses twenty three. Verses twenty three. Awesome. 
Way to go, Kai, and thank you, Josiah. So because of our sin, which sin is like every wrong choice we've ever made, we deserve death and to be separated from God forever. But luckily, Jesus paid that debt, and he took all of our sins on himself so we don't have to suffer the punishment we deserve. That is awesome. Paid in full. Thank you, Kai. Okay, let's move to number seven. Rosie, do you have number seven? Okay, let's let's let Caleb open that one. Awesome. A white paper heart is like a new heart for God. Can you read this scripture for us, Caleb? Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 51.10. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Isaiah 1.18. Yes. Amen. Excellent reading. Okay, so, so we have a clean heart because our sins are completely forgiven. God also makes us completely new creations at salvation with a heart that desires relationship with him. I love that with the heart. Okay, number eight. Rivers, can you open number eight? Mm, Perfect. You guys are doing great. Okay, hold it up for everyone to see. It's a picture of God's family. It's all brothers and sisters in Jesus. Okay, can you get the scriptures? You are you are no longer Sorry. For, foreigners and strangers, but follow but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Ephesians two nineteen. Excellent. So Whenever we meet another follower of Jesus, there's like an instant spirit connection. It's really beautiful how God can give us brothers and sisters all over the world that we don't even have to really know. It's just the spirit in them that connects us with our spirit in us. And so that's one of the gifts at salvation is that we have a big, huge family. Okay, number nine. Rosie, do you want to open number nine? Okay, can you hold it up so everyone can see? Thanks, Roxy. It looks like a white blanket. It's a white piece of cloth. Okay, and that is like a robe of righteousness. That represents a robe of righteousness. So the scripture I'm going to read for Rosie is that fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. And her is referring to the bride of Jesus. That's Revelation 19.8. So we will stand before Jesus one day and we'll be totally clean and white, not because we've done a lot of good things on earth, but because Jesus' blood covers our sins. So the white cloth represents the robe of righteousness. Okay, number 10, we're almost there. You guys are doing really great. 
Number 10. Rocky, do you want to open? How about I have number 10 because I only got one. Okay, well, I'm going to let Rocky open number 10. He hasn't had a lollipop yet. <laughs> it's a seal. It's sealed by the Holy Spirit. So, Rocky, can you read the scripture in your box? I won't mess up this time because I can see it. <laughs> and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. Okay, so once we're saved, we are sealed or marked as Christ forever. Um, there are so many more wonderful gifts than just these 10 that represent salvation. Um, I could literally, we could be here for days trying to talk about all the gifts we have in Jesus. So these are just 10. Um, but remember... If you've not already accepted the gift of salvation through Jesus, it's free and really easy. And all you have to do is admit that you've sinned or made mistakes. We all have. Believe in Jesus. He's God's son. He came to earth. He died and rose again. Um, and then confess that he's Lord and tell others. That's all you have to do for salvation. So um, God has so much for each one of you guys and loves you and wants relationship with you. And you guys did a really good job. I hope that this helps remind us of all of the um, amazing gifts we've been given in the person of Jesus. So thanks, guys, for your attention. <laughs> okay. Am I on? Yeah, on. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I was going to, um, I was going to read the Christmas story. It takes about 20 minutes, and I feel like we need to shift a little bit, but this is what I want you to do. I want you, before the end of Christmas Day, I want you to get your Bible, your hard copy. Actually, if you have a pen and paper right now. I'm going to give you your homework assignment. <laughs> okay? So go ahead and write this out. I'm going to tell you what I want you to do. I'm going to text to Mariah because I already gave her her homework assignment. <laughs> okay. I encourage you. I mean, you can read any translation. I, I've actually done this three or four times this week. Um, the first time I did it just for me because sometimes I feel like there's so much going on and the word of God is living and active and sometimes when we just take a moment if you read it um, purposely not rushing through it will probably take you about 25 minutes do it out loud and, and the first time I did it I, I started basically when it started talking about Zacharias and Elizabeth, all the way to Simeon and Anna, and then the wise 
men. You know, it's a very familiar story, but when we sing the carols, I mean, in the carols and the hymns, you know, they tell the story. They used to not have the written word, and so the songs were written, but there's something powerful about reading out loud in faith, and it's like the Holy Spirit, and this, and this, it's living and active right now, okay? So I, I don't want you not to experience what God has for you in that. So write, write these scriptures down. Luke 1, 5 through 80. Uh-huh, 75, just right there. <laughs> Luke 1, 5 through 80. Then Matthew 1, 18 to 25. Then Luke 2, 1 through 40. And then Matthew 2, 1 through 12. I'm going to read them again because I'm probably going faster than you can write. That's Luke 1, 5 through 80. Matthew 1, 18 to 25. Luke 2, 1 through 40. And then Matthew 2, 1 through 12. So um, you, I, my main um, Bible version that I use is the New King James um, just because I learned when I was a kid in King James and I got rid of the these and the thous and then I went to the NIV and anyway, I'm back in New King James. But I love, right, read it, the Amplified, um, the New Living Translation, the Passion, I was going to read it in the Passion Translation. Um, the ICB that the kids have been using is really, really awesome, too, because it just kind of, I mean, it's, it's still the Word of God, but it's, like, in very simple language. But just just read it, and then you're going to feel, uh, and I'm, like, trust me, I know this is going to happen. You're going to feel the Holy Spirit's witness on something when you're reading it out loud. And in that moment, put yourself like Mary and say, may it be to me according to your word. And just receive it. You're going to feel it, and it's going to be different for every individual. Um, so there's that. And in just a minute, um, I'm going to have Rick and Carolyn come up. But before we do that, this morning I was getting ready, and the Lord reminded me of something that I penned last year. And I was like, I don't even know if I can find that. And I was able to. So what I like to do, this is short, I want you to close your eyes. And I just want to um, read this to you. Now this uh, Maverick City had a Christmas album from last year. And so that, that album, I just kind of put on play a lot. And so a lot of this came out of a springboard from things that had been stirring in my heart um, last year. Their album this year as well is just very worshipful. So if you want some, anyway. But I'm just read this over our hearts. Because the thing is, is that there's been so much that's been released already this morning. But Jesus truly is the greatest gift of all. And it's not just that he was, and it's not just that he is, but he is to come again. So to close your eyes, and let me just read this over you. Newborn king, risen king, coming king, Emmanuel, God with us. 
For unto us a son was given. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its savior and rescue it. Oh, the wonders of his love. God and sinners reconciled. Glory to this marvelous king, for the king has come, and he is coming again. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Let our hearts open up and prepare room for him. Let us lift up our heads. Let us open up wide to receive the king. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. And he rules the world with truth and grace. A weary world rejoices. A broken world with deep heartache and darkness but all will be made new. All creation is groaning, and yet a new creation is coming. The glory of the Lord is the light within our midst as we wait in expectancy and hope and faith. It is good to remind ourselves of this. He is worthy he is worthy. He is worthy. He is able to break the seal and open the scroll. He is the lion of Judah who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the lamb who died to ransom the slave. For every people and tribe, every nation and tongue, he has made us a kingdom of priests to God to reign with his son. Lion of Judah, Lamb who was slain, he is worthy. He is worthy of all blessing and honor and glory. Powerful and mighty, everlasting. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. He is I am. Newborn king, risen king coming king, Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah. God is with us. He is here. Let us adore him. Let us give him all the glory. He alone is worthy, Christ the Lord. He deserves all the glory. We bring everything to this newborn king. We bring everything to the risen king. We bring everything to the coming king, the promise is fulfilled. Just kind of want to remind everybody that we have an announcement coming in from the angels that let everybody know that the Christ was born 
in a little town of Bethlehem. So I'm going to read through Luke 2. We've heard that already today. We've already sang all these things, but we're going to present to you or just going to remind you that the herald angels came. So, And in the same region, there were shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today, in this city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Carolyn, that was so good. Great job. Amen. Well, um, we're going to have communion together, so if you haven't gotten your elements, can you guys, if you haven't gotten one, could you guys just raise your hand, and we got, we have some in the back, maybe we could pass them out. Oh, awesome, okay. Well, you guys are one step ahead of me, as usual. You know, we, we have a lot of demonstrations of love, and uh, one of the incredible demonstrations that we've seen, we've seen uh, gifts have been given to get cars, which is incredible. There is um, a demonstration of, of us being uh, giving ourselves, and we're giving um, the homeless uh, youth in our region um, gifts, which is incredible. We're able to do that. There are many other different forms and ways in which we can express love. But Jesus kind of um, kind of simplified it and brought it all down to one act that really signifies one of the greatest acts of love 
that is to be given. And he said this in John 15. He said, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. There's no greater love that we will ever see and know and understand in that how Christ laid down his life for us. And he died for us. And he said, and I call you my friend. So we're the friends that he chose to um, go to the cross and die for us and signifying the depths of his love for us. And on the night of Passover, um, it was a very, very significant night, but there's one thing that the Moravian church calls it. They, they call the love feast. And I always thought to myself, you know, that's, that's so not, it's kind of strange because, you know, it's like when I think of love feast, I just don't think of that being a loving moment, but it was actually one of the greatest demonstrations that he did in foretelling of himself going to the cross. And he used some very basic things like bread and wine. And he used them in a symbolic way to really give an illustration of what he was getting ready to do on the cross. So they would visually remember what he's done for them. It would be like in their minds. Every time that they gathered together and took communion, they would realize that's why he did it. Because he loved us. And because we're his friends. And in that, on the night that he was betrayed, so if we can just kind of hold the elements to the end, he took a loaf of bread. And then all of a sudden he said, and this is my body. This is my body, which is broken for you. So he took it, he blessed it, And he broke it right in front of them. Symbolic of what was getting ready to happen to his body on the cross. His body was getting ready to be broken for you. And he's saying, I'm doing this because I love you. I love you so much, I'm going to die for you. And then he passed the elements to them, and they all ate that bread. And this was a love moment. This was a moment of love where he's saying, I'm getting ready to do something. You might not fully understand it right now, but I'm getting ready to die for you. And when I hang on that cross, I'm going to remember you. I'm going to remember each of you as I hang on that cross and my body is there broken. His body was so broken, it, Scripture says you, you could not even um, uh, under, you, you could not even imagine him or understand him. He was so disfigured in his body, you, did, you couldn't even tell he was a man. That's how bad it was. But he said, I'm doing it for you. And then he grabbed the cup. 
And I'm sure he had something to pour into the chalice because it was the cup of redemption, the third cup in communion. And I'm sure as he was pouring it, you could just that he was getting ready to pour out his blood as a drink offering for you. His blood was getting ready to be shed on the cross in such a manner that everything within him would be drained and the blood would be drained for the remission of your sin, for the forgiveness of your sin, for the cleansing and the wiping away of all your sin. And you were made white as snow. Jesus says this is the cup of the new covenant which is now in my blood. Drink this in remission of your sin. So when they drank that, they would remember as he was hanging on the cross and his blood was dripping down off of him that that was a demonstration that I love you. I'm going to shed my blood because I love you with an everlasting love. And that love is something that no one can take away from you. Jesus taught a lot with practical things like bread. You remember it, bread. You remember the juice, his blood. So scripture says that we do this in remembrance of the greatest acts of love that's ever been done. We remember that the giving up of his body and his life was a portrayal of something that we will remember forever and ever. And then there's going to be one day that we get to share this cup again with our Savior in heaven. At the, at the Lamb's last feast where we're with him his friends around the table. And in that, we're going to be able to share this meal again with them. So the scripture says on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. So let's eat the bread together. Those wafers are so hard to chew. I think it's good that we can just take time to remember. <laughs> so, and then he said, "Yet, yeah. and now he took the cup of the new covenant, which was his blood, for the remission of your sin, and the blood that was poured out for you was because I love you." Let's drink this in remembrance of him. Lord Jesus, we thank you that, Lord, this is truly a love feast. This is truly a feast 
that we remember the greatest acts of love. And so, Lord Jesus, in response to your love, we give you our love. There was a lot of symbolism in communion. And when a young man wanted to marry a woman, he would tell his father, I found the woman, and she is awesome. And, and the father, the son would go to the woman and the woman's father, and um, their intent and desire would be shared. And um, the father um, of the bridegroom would have a bride price and would offer a bride price and to exchange and seal that moment what happens is is that the father would pour wine into a chalice and give it to his son and then his son would go to the bride-to-be and then he would say this with this cup I give you my life and at that moment, she had a moment of decision if she was going to receive his offer, receive it into her life, and she had a moment to, to decide. And as she took the cup, if she said yes, She, she would say, she would say, I receive your life. And here's mine. She would say, I receive your life, and then she would drink it. <laughs> and and it, would, it would seal the moment. It would seal the covenant that was being made between the two of them. So when you drank the cup, of the blood of Jesus, you say, I receive your gift, your cleansing, and now I give you my life. You're saying, I'm going to marry you. I'm marrying you. Because men, as well as women, are the bride of Christ. We will one day marry Jesus, and we will drink in eternity this cup with Jesus at the marriage feast of the Lamb. So next time we do communion, you're going to say, I receive your love, and I give you my love. So, Father, we thank you so much for the greatest love gift ever given, which was your life. You laid down your life for us. And we praise you and we thank you that your love for us is everlasting to everlasting to everlasting. And that you will always love us and receive us into your arms. And so, Lord Jesus, this day, we want to thank you and praise you for coming as a baby born in a manger in humility being 
clothed in swaddling clothes on that cold night in a, ma in a manger in a barn. And Lord, we thank you. You came in such a way that demonstrated that love was on the way. Love was here. Love was to grow and demonstrate that you came with one plan in mind, and that was to die on the cross for our sin, that we might be redeemed back to you. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for coming as a baby and for dying on the cross. And we bless you and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said...